Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with KC Jazz Duo Ala Mode, or better known as Clayton DeLong and Jessica Baby J. They're busy promoting their newest and very tasty new album, 2016's Sesebon. The duo met at the once hopping KC Jazz House Jardines and discovered their shared chemistry. Clayton is on the guitar and over the years studied under Kansas City greats such as Rod Fleeman, Danny Embry, and Bobby Watson, while Jessica takes care of the vocals and studied classical voice for eight years and attended Stevens College in Columbia, Missouri, pursuing a degree in musical theater performance. Together, they have great chemistry, a great Paul McCartney story, dreams, music, and ambitions. So dig this interview, my friends. Thank you for taking some time to talk with me. Thank you for sending the music. I look forward to it. Absolutely. Thank you for having us. Just to give you kind of an idea here, you know, I, I keep up the best I can with Kansas City music, and sometimes it's just kind of word of mouth. What I'm going to do to kind of kick things off here is, you know, I know you got your website. I know you guys are, are pretty regular about doing things. But in your own words, tell me what's been going on lately. Well, we've been just uh, working on our album, and now that we've, we've finished and everything, we've just been working on trying to, to sell it and, you know, pay some of the, uh, the expenses that, that it costs to make an album off and, and booking as many gigs as, as, as we possibly can to do that and just get our name out there. Talk about this new album. Talk about what went into it, how you feel about it, and how everything's going with it. Well, we've got all of our original players that uh, performed with, with All the Mode. So we have Marvin Grunbaum from the Kansas City Symphony, Steve Agassi on a bright date, and we have El Mambo de Leon on percussion. That's the original members of All the Mode. We added in some other guys from Kansas City, all local guys, uh, people that, that have inspired us that we look up to musically uh, and ask them to perform with us on the album as well. You guys like Michael Pagan, uh, John Blagan, and we even have one of our Lindy Hop dancers performing with us playing spoons on the album. Anytime you talk about spoons, I can't get Chris Cornell in that video out of my head. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's, it's ingrained no matter what happens. We've been playing for seven years and just we needed to get something out there to, to start getting our name more known in the community and just having something that you can hand to somebody and be proud of it. Yeah, it's kind of your calling card, so to speak, for sure. Uh, so, Clayton, you were born in uh, California, raised in KC. Yeah. Uh, Jessica, were you, were you born and raised in KC? I was born in Wichita, Kansas. All right. I was raised in Kansas City. I was actually raised in Raytown. Okay, so how did you two... Talk to me a little bit about how you both got into music and how you ran into each other and started this music partnership. Well, I started uh, music early with uh, in middle school playing violin through my senior year of high school. And then got into composition and the guitar and just fell in love with with the guitar and, and practiced and played daily and uh, decided to go to school for it. Went to UMKC, got my um, bachelor's with uh, jazz guitar performance. And during one of our shows, actually a, uh, a show that we had at Jardines is kind of like a showcase for... Uh, all of the jazz combos that you and Casey is where I actually first saw and met Jessica. So I'll uh, give you a bit of, of my background leading up to that moment as well. 
I studied classical music throughout high school. I went to Stevens College in Columbia, Missouri. It's an all-girls school. I went there for uh, musical theater, and I went for one year. I took a jazz history course my second semester there. It, something clicked with me. I always loved jazz, and it just kind of set me on, on my on my mission to become a jazz singer. I got a job. I left school. I got a job at Dart, uh, Jazz Club. Do you guys remember that place? It used to be right off of the plaza. And uh, so I got a job there looking to meet a uh, young jazz musician, and that's why I met Clayton. So then that's where, where we introduced each other, met up with each other, and, and jammed, and something just immediately clicked. So we knew we had something special, and, and that's where all of it came from. Perfect. So what would you say are your musical influences, you know, from your early life of listening to albums to today? Who has been the most influential for you and your sound and what you're doing in music? For me, I really got into Les Montgomery and Pat Martino, just to name a couple guys that I really got into when I was a younger guitarist. That then developed, after I met Jeff, into kind of more of a... Django, I started studying more Django, which I didn't at all in school, and really digging his playing. Ever since then, that's kind of been my main influences. Other than, I would say my greatest influence would be local guitarist Rod Fleeman. And he just, I just love him to death, his style of playing, and he just makes you smile when you see him play. That was That's always been one of my main influences as well. Yeah, what about you, Jessica? <laughs> I would have to say... The first person that I ever heard sing jazz by was Dave Stevens. He used to perform in Kansas City quite a bit. They call him the wild man of Kansas City jazz. And uh, I, I first saw him when I was third grade and fell in love with it. My mom bought me his key that he had uh, just nine different standards on the CD, and I learned all of them by heart and just totally fell in love with it. After I started performing with All in Mode, and we started developing our style. I was greatly influenced by Blossom Deary, uh, Ella Fitzgerald Brisher. Uh, I play the kazoo in All in Mode, and so I listened to a lot of older recordings of Louis Armstrong playing with a, a mute on a trumpet and tried to emulate that sound with the kazoo. What is it like to play in Kansas City, to be a part of the Kansas City scene? I love it. Oh, God, we love Kansas City. We're very fortunate. We we get lots of work, and the, our audiences are always very responsive. We, we've got a great group of folks that come out to all of our shows, and, and uh, we're just very blessed to play here in KC. Yeah, we, we get a lot of people from out of town saying, oh, gosh, you do so well here, and we do so, but we just, we're, we're having a good time here in Kansas City, and I feel like we'll definitely travel but I feel like we'll always keep Kansas City as our home base, and definitely where we cut our teeth as well. <laughs> so you've had experience with a lot of local musicians. I mean, you know, Michael Pagan, as you mentioned, Bobby Watson, Rod Fleeman, and, and you've been involved with UMKC. Talk about your kind of real-world and higher education experience that's helped you as a musician. Yeah. Uh, for me, what UMKC really did is, is not only – you know, just completely immersed me in in jazz because honestly, I uh, hadn't even really played jazz until I went to to UMKC. I just listened, and I'd never. My first time I feel like I ever played jazz was my audition for UMKC. Uh, I played with uh, 
is Mark Lowry on piano, Ben Leifer on bass, and Philip Wakefield on drum kit. So I, I feel like my first time truly playing jazz, not like with a Jamie Abersall jam track or anything, was my audition. So from there, I grew a lot. I feel like it, it showed me a lot of just how to play jazz and and taking lessons with Rod and, and getting all of the information from Bobby and stories. And it was an incredible experience. And a big thing I also took away was all of the people that I met who are now you know, huge moguls in the jazz community, you know, and, and they're just incredible people. And and so it also allowed me to get in contact with, with all the, the great players of Kansas City. What is the future of the band? What what do you, let's say we talk in uh, five, ten years from now, we catch up and I ask what's going on. What do you want to see happen? We're hoping to do a European tour. We'd love to, you know, start off with New York and Chicago would be a good start, L.A. But we definitely want to travel more with all the mode and spread the, the, the joy around. But we do. We've been, uh, we travel a little bit. We've been staying mostly in Kansas City. So travel for us is our number one priority. You know, being in a town, you know, this is probably one of the, you know, top three to four jazz cradles in the history of the idiom. And, yeah. You know, there's there's been a lot of history in Kansas City. So if you could go into a time machine or you could go back in time in Kansas City, who would you want to catch live and why? Count Basie for sure. I'm yeah. Count Basie, uh, preferably while Charlie Parker was playing with him, that would be a really special time, a really, really uh, important piece oh, of history yeah. to witness for sure. And he was only here for, for that short amount of time playing with Count Basie, so that would be amazing to see. Count Basie, all of those, I mean, any any one of the players back then, just to see and, and be in the scene back when it was happening off of, I believe it was 12th Street, you know, yeah. that would have been just, that would have been incredible. But Absolutely. Without a doubt. Let me ask you this, why do you love jazz? Oh, my gosh. That, that's, that's so hard to answer. Hmm. I, I I love the the improvisational aspect of it. I love that. It's never the same, that every time that you go in and you approach a song, you think of it differently, you feel it differently, and you perform it differently every time. I love that we can, you know, go to any city in any town and, and pick up a, a jazz bassist or, or a guitarist or a drummer, and, and we would immediately start playing together, and, and it would play pretty quickly for us. I appreciate that aspect of it as well. Uh, especially with the standards and the, the stuff from the 20s and 30s that we play. I love the feeling that it gives you, feeling of nostalgia, of happiness. I, I just feel like I can't I can't be angry and listen to 20s and 30s jazz. It just makes me giggle. <laughs> it's so improvisational and free. I, like I said, I started with violin and would have to do performances, and I just remember being, I love music so much and wanted to play, but these solo violin, you know, titles that I would do for district competitions and staking and all this stuff, it was it was incredible, and it, it would definitely scare the crap out of me. <laughs> it, just, yeah. it, it scared me to the point where, you know, I honestly didn't start, I didn't like performing as much, whereas when I grabbed the guitar and started playing jazz with, with guitar, it definitely opened the the doors to music, I believe, for me. 
Let me ask you this. Of, of all the people that you played for live, what's one of the most memorable things that someone has said to you about your music? Uh, <laughs> there was uh, just bring We have a funny story. We perform at the Raphael Hotel quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, a couple of years ago, Paul McCartney came through and was playing in Kansas City, and he stayed at the Raphael Hotel. And so we arranged for uh, Clayton and Rod Fleeman to perform while Paul was there. And then they were performing outside on the patio, uh, just some light, you know, guitar stuff. And Paul's window was located, you know, several stories above where Clayton and Zod were performing. And uh, someone came down from, from Paul's entourage and said, excuse me, gentlemen, would you mind not playing for, for about another hour? Paul is having his massage right now. <laughs> oh my God! That was memorable. It was like one of these things where, you know, this is almost surreal that this is happening. If no one's supposed to know he's there. It was very, you know, we couldn't call anybody and tell anybody. It was very hush hush. It was an interesting thing, so yeah, to be quiet by Sir Paul. Wow, that's wild. That's a great story. Thanks. Um, man, there's, we just get a lot of compliments. One of the most memorable things for me is when someone who either I know or never met, um, either way, when they convey to me that they really never liked jazz or listened to jazz uh, at all, and then they listen to us and they say, you make it so much more approachable and easy and fun to listen to. I love watching you guys, and we we picked up some fans that never ever thought that they would love jazz, and and we we kind of turned these people on. We're going to keep continuing doing what we do. Perfect. This is my final question. Everyone has a version of who you are as a band, and obviously you're coming together as a unit. But who do you think you are as a band? Who who are you? And I mean, if there was a perfect description of who you are as a band and what you're doing, tell me what that is. It's interesting for Clayton and I, one, because we are, we are engaged. So we, we approach it, um, from a level of love and mutual respect for each other. As far as who we are, I would say that we're just trying to spread the gospel of the trad jazz out there. We're trying to, you know, uh, remind folks of the simpler times, remind people of the American songbook, I don't know. I, I'm not being very eloquent with this lately. <laughs> Can you help me out? Sure. I don't know. I feel like almost like like you were saying traditional jazz more so, but I, some people call it antique pop. I'm, I mean, there's so many different terms for you know that you can put towards our music. But what I feel like we're doing is we're just taking the American songbook and just playing straight from our heart. This is just how we're our sound is developed. We've we've never really sat down and, you know, specifically said, this is how this is going to go. We'll just pick the song. I see the the chart and listen to the recordings, and then we just play. And, and how it comes out is is how it comes out. <laughs> uh, all, all mode is, yeah, I would say more of a traditional gypsy feel, I guess you'd say, but I, I don't know. My right hand is, is different rhythm. Our playing, our vocals, both both have a lot more soul, I would say. Yeah, I've got some blues in there, and, you know, we throw octaves in there like the West does, and there's just so many influences. 
we just call it Kansas City flavor. Yeah. <laughs> right on. Well, you guys could also say you're you're motivated enough to quiet down so a beetle can get a massage. Hey, 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 that's right. <laughs> I mean, you want to play, but if you need to quiet down for an actual beetle to get a massage, you can pull that off. Oh, gosh. Rod, you know, it's interesting. <laughs> that, that day he decided, uh, you know, we were going to play all the Beatles songs. <laughs> so nice. Yeah. It was very, you know, intimidating and interesting. And, I mean, the guy's entourage is incredible. Thank you for, for taking some time to open up about your history and your music. And good luck with everything. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for having us. Thanks for listening and tuning in to yet another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players and musicians in Kansas City, New York, and spots all over the world giving fans all that jazz. And thanks to Ala Mode, Clayton, and Jessica for their time and their contribution to the Kansas City scene. If you want to hear more interviews, go to Famous Interviews with Joe Domino on the iTunes Store or visit Neon Jazz at YouTube.com. And for all things Neon Jazz, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends. Neon Jazz.